Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I hope today that this podcast finds you with a desire in your heart to always abound in the work of the Lord. I tell you, there's no greater joy in my life than to be involved in the work of the Lord and doing the ministry and uh, working with people. I am so thankful uh, for the opportunity that God has given me to serve him here in the country of Uganda. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith Stensis, and I've had the opportunity of serving in the country of Uganda now as a missionary for the last 25 years, and uh, God has allowed me to be a part of uh, several ministries and, and working and investing in many men's lives and uh, trying to make a difference here in a country that needs the Lord, a country that needs churches, a country that needs good Bible sound teaching. And so I praise the Lord for the opportunity to be here. Uh, I can't think of any place else uh, in the world that I would rather be. And uh, so we, we had a great week this week uh, in our ministry. As you know, uh, we have a ministry called the Village Mentorship and Assistance Ministry. And uh, that is where myself and several of our men uh, go out to different uh, villages and uh, where we have seen churches started, where we started churches. And basically, we just go out and we're an encouragement to them. Uh, we try to find out what their needs are. Do they need tracts? Do they need Bibles? Uh, how are things going as far as their discipleship ministries and their soul winning ministries? And just trying to provide a little bit of accountability on their side, but also uh, encouraging them and helping them uh, in the Lord. Yesterday, we went to a village called Nabiawanga. And uh, in Nabiawanga, we have Pastor Innocent and Kuduziza, uh, who is the pastor there, and uh, he is doing a phenomenal job. He pastors the Faith Baptist Church uh, there in Nabiawanga, and uh, we had a great service there and uh, had the opportunity to preach. Uh, they just, uh, uh, during the past few months of COVID, they've had the opportunity of uh, burning uh, several thousand bricks, and uh, they were able to put the uh, walls up to their church. And uh, even uh, the old iron sheets, they had a they had a metal structure that was there, and unfortunately, the wind, uh, strong winds, blew that down, and so they were able to take the old iron sheets that were on the old structure put it on the new structure. They were able to build walls up there. And and uh, so pray for them. They're uh, desiring to put doors and windows now uh, in their building. And I know just as God has provided in the past, uh, he will uh, continue to provide for that as well. So pray for Pastor Innocent in Kuduziza as he pastors the Nabi in Nabiawanga, the Faith Baptist Church. Now, another interesting thing is that uh, out of Faith Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Innocent has two other preaching points. And uh, so we went to another preaching point uh, in the village of Kayabwe, and uh, we met there, and uh, probably I would say we met with 
uh, about 10 or 12 uh, people there and just a little, I mean, just a little room, eight by eight, uh, has iron sheets on it and just boards around the side, just really a, a, what you think of when you think of a ramble shack. And uh, so we met there and had the opportunity of uh, teaching uh, about being born again and uh, the essential uh, aspect of the phrase, you must be born again. And, uh, and so uh, spent several minutes on that. There's so much confusion here in Uganda about the, uh, the idea of being born again. And so I was able to explain that very clearly out of John chapter 3. And uh, praise the Lord, at the end of that, uh, a man by the name of, uh, of Enoch, a man by the name of Enoch, came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior, and uh, we were so joyed about that. And uh, then after that, we went to another village where he has a preaching point called Wakozi. And uh, we met there uh, with a family uh, that is having a desire to see a church started in that area and uh, had a great time of fellowship with them and encouraged them and uh, had a full day. We left uh, uh, in the morning at 8.30, got back about 7 o'clock in the evening and had a full day. But I tell you what, I am so blessed. And and once again, I'm so thankful uh, to be able to partner with some of these men who have a heart for God and uh, who have an interest uh, in reaching their people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as I said before, please pray. Uh, you may not be able to remember his other name in Kuruziza, uh, but uh, remember his other name, Innocent, Pastor Innocent there at Faith Baptist Church, uh, doing a wonderful job there and uh, has got two preaching points out of their church and uh, he's staying very busy. At the same time, he and his wife operate a uh, a primary school, and uh, his wife is the uh, headmistress of that, and uh, she's doing a great job, a great lady there. Uh, her name is Eve, and uh, I just so much appreciate uh, Pastor Innocent and the uh, work uh, that is going on there in Nabiawanga. And uh, so pray for them if you would. Well, today I want to just give you a bit of encouragement and uh, encouraging us again to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, there's so many aspects to that, and that's kind of why I chose that as a theme uh, for our program here is because when you talk about always abounding in the work of the Lord, I mean, really, you could go from Genesis to Revelation and encourage uh, in different ways to abound in the work of the Lord. And, and really, abounding means that you're not settling for just the average. Uh, abounding means you're not settling for what everybody else is doing, uh, but abounding is looking for opportunities to do more. And uh, we live in an age today where uh, we're looking for every excuse not to do more. We're looking for reasons not to do more. And I believe as the, clo- as the coming of the Lord draws closer, Closer and nearer than ever before. I believe it is very important uh, that we uh, endeavor uh, with all of our ability, with all the strength that God gives us and with the grace that he bestows upon us, uh, that we do more for the cause of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to do here in Uganda. I don't want to just sit here and do what I've always been doing. I want to do more. I want to accomplish more. I want to invest more. I want to uh, see what I can uh, do for the Lord Jesus Christ to have a greater influence and a greater impact uh, for the kingdom of God. I've been reading uh, in my
my devotions through the book of Deuteronomy, and, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I have read the book of Deuteronomy, I don't know how many times, uh, and for some reason, this time as I'm going through the book of Deuteronomy, the Holy Spirit of God has just been bringing out some things that uh, perhaps I've read before, and maybe I've even heard preaching about it before, but never really just sat and meditated upon it and studied it and thought about it. And uh, so I want to just uh, share with you something this morning that I hope would be a blessing and encouragement to you as you endeavor to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and uh, verse number 16, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 16. The Bible says, Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Now, this is Moses talking, and uh, he's relating, he's basically recording almost as if he's writing a journal. And uh, so he's writing this journal to the children of Israel, recounting the events that have happened and what God has done with them. And, uh, and so he says, Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Uh, now the word tempt there literally means to provoke and uh, to prod. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost as if uh, uh, the idea of poking a stick at a snake or something like that, where you're, uh, the more you prod it, the angrier it gets. And that's what the children of Israel were doing uh, to God. They, uh, they were just continuing to prod him. They were continuing to provoke him uh, until finally there reached a point in God's uh, different workings with Israel where God said that is enough. And several times, if it had not been for Moses interceding for the people, uh, God God would have wiped them out. He was just getting so angry with the children of Israel. But verse number 17 says, Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers." to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son. Now I want to draw your attention to verse number 20. And uh, he, has, he says there's going to come a time when your children are going to come to you and ask you, why do we have all these testimonies? Why do we have these statutes? Why do we have these judgments? Why do we have these commandments? Basically, you can sum up the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments and the commandments. You can, you can uh, compile them into a word that just simply says rules. All right, And so basically, Moses is telling the children of Israel, he says, one day your son is going to come to you and say, Dad, why do we have all of these rules? Why do we have all these regulations? Why do we have all of these standards that are set up here? Dad, why do we have all of these things? Now, go back up to verse number 17, because in verse number 17, the opposite of tempting the Lord, the opposite of provoking the Lord, is keeping his commandments. You and I both know, as we were raised and growing up with our moms and our dads, the way that peace was kept in the home is by being obedient to your parents. 
when you rebel, when you disobey, when you do things that provoke your parents, uh, then there is war. There is no peace. There is uh, there is strife. There is uh, there is uh, shall I say dissension within the home. And so he says the opposite of tempting him, instead of tempting him, instead of provoking him, he says, I want you to diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimonies, his statutes, which he commanded thee. So he's telling the children of Israel right now, the way not to provoke God, the way to keep peace with God is to be obedient with him. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so he says the way to love him, the way to please him, the way to keep peace with him is to diligently keep his commandments. And if you do that, the Bible says, uh, if you do right and good in the sight of the Lord, verse number 18, he says, it will be well with thee and you will go in and possess the land that the Lord has given you. And the Lord will cast out all of the enemies uh, that are before you. So there is a great amount of blessing that is involved with obedience. Do that which is good. Do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. And God says it'll be well with you and you will be able to go in and claim the blessings that God has in store for you. And not only that, but you will be able to have victory over the enemies that come in your path. And so Moses, having been the one who was responsible for uh, giving the law to the people from God, is uh, reminding them, hey, the way to have peace with God and the way to have fellowship with God is to be obedient to God. But he says, one day, he says, your son is going to come to you and ask you, why all the rules? Why do we have all of these judgments? Why do we have all of these standards? Why, do, why, why, why does it seem like we're so narrow-minded compared to the rest of the world? Uh, why is it that we are so different from everybody else? And, and, and I don't know about you, but I know that my children have come to me at various times and said, Dad, why do we have these rules? And, and you're going to have people, I know as a pastor, as a leader of ministry, uh, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, why do we have all of these rules? And th- the fact of the matter is, Moses was not the giver of these rules. God was the giver of these rules. God was the giver of the standards. God was the one who was demanding the holiness. And so uh, Moses is about ready in the next few verses to explain the answer that we need to give to our children or to anyone who comes and asks us, why all the rules? Why all the standards? Why all the regulations? Why, why, why do we have to be so narrow in everything that we do? do. And so let's look at the answers here that Moses says that you're supposed to speak to your son. Verse number 21, then thou shalt say unto thy son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. Now, you say that's a very unusual answer for the question. Why all the rules? And then he said, you're supposed to say to your son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. In other words, understand this, that when God created us, 
God created us with a authority structure. In everything God does, God does things in order. God does things with structure. Now, you take the home. God has put the man in charge. The father is in charge of the children. The husband is in charge of the wife. Uh, The pastor is in charge of the church. You have government officials that are in charge of the country. God has established order from the very beginning. Even in the Garden of Eden, when everything was perfect, the Bible says that man was the one who was first created and Eve was the helpmeet. There was a structure of order. And so basically what Moses is reminding him here is, all right, remember the reason why we have these rules and the reason why we have these statues and these testimonies is because now we have a new master. Remember, Egypt is a picture of salvation or coming out and being saved, leaving Egypt, I should say. Egypt is a type of the world. We were in the world. We were under our taskmasters. We were slaves to the world. And as slaves to the world, you did what the taskmaster said. When they were in Egypt, when they they said to make bricks, they had to make bricks. When they said to wash the floor, they had to wash the floor. Uh, When they said they were supposed to make bricks with no straw, they had to make bricks with no straw. There was no arguing. There was no uh, debate. There was no democracy. They were bondmen. They uh, They were slaves to Egypt. But when we came out of Egypt... Moses is trying to help them to understand just because we left Egypt and just because we are no longer under taskmasters and just because we are no longer slaves does not mean that we are just free to live and do however we want to do. Yes, in Egypt we had a taskmaster. Yes, in Egypt we were slaves. But now that you are out of Egypt, you need to understand that we have a new master, and that master is Jehovah God, and Jehovah God is the creator, and as creator, God makes the rules. And so when you reply to your son or when you reply to someone that comes in and says, hey, why do we have all these rules? We simply reply, first of all, that God is a God of order. God is a God of authority. God knows how best the family is to operate. He knows how best the church is to operate. He knows how best the marriage relationship is to operate. He knows how best the government is to operate. And so God is the one who set down the rules so that we can can be a society or a family or a church of order. And so he's simply reminding them, why why do we have these rules? It's because we have a new master. God brought us out of Egypt. We now serve a new master. He is the one who has saved us from that past life. But just because we've left the past life does not mean that we just live our life the way we want to live our life. So we have a new standard. We have left the old standard. We've left the old uh, bondage. And now we are servants to Jesus Christ. Now we are servants to God. But let's look at the second thing. The Bible says in verse number 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God, watch this, for our good always. 
that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. The second reason why I believe that the rules are there and why uh, we are to respond to our son or anyone who asks us about uh, why we have these rules, and, and that is it is for our good. It is for our good. Thank God for rules. Rules rules are not designed to put us into bondage. Rules are designed to protect us from harm. Every rule that God put down in the law, every rule that God puts down in the scriptures, every one of the Ten Commandments, they were put there for their protection. They were put there because God loved them and cared for them, and it was for their good. Notice the Bible says that he might preserve us alive that he might preserve us alive. It's interesting, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that when we follow wisdom, wisdom gives life. When we reject wisdom, it brings death. Thank God for the wisdom of his word. Thank God for the instruction of his word. Thank God for the commandments of his word because they are there for our good. I remember growing up that, you know, my parents would put down rules for how we were to, uh, to conduct ourselves in the home, things that we could watch, things that we couldn't watch, things that we could listen to, things that we couldn't listen to, places we could go, places we couldn't go, uh, the way we conducted ourselves around persons of the opposite sex. Uh, there were rules after rules after rules after rules. And I, and I remember many times as a kid thinking, why in the world do we have all these rules? But you know what? Now that I look back on that, I thank God for parents who had rules and standards that were set there because they not only prepared my life for the future, but they protected me in that present time. And thank the Lord that I, I don't have to have the scars and, and the, the injuries of, of many young people because their parents allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do. And, and they didn't set up rules and standards and, and they didn't set up guidelines for their lives. Uh, I thank God that my parents did. I thank God for that because now as I am raising my children and seeing my children starting to go out and raising their families... I thank God that I instilled rules and regulations and standards and guidelines in my children's lives because it's for their good. And I praise the Lord that at this time, at this present moment, uh, all six of my children within them have a desire to serve the Lord and a desire to do right and a desire to follow the Word of God. And I believe that is a direct result of parents who establish rules and regulations and guidelines, helping them to form what they would believe and the guidelines they would have for their future. It's for our good. It's for our good. It protects us. Notice, let's keep reading, because he goes on and continues this thought in chapter 7. Uh, he says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee in the land, whether thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with 
with them. Thy daughters uh, shall not give unto his sons, nor his daughters shalt thou take unto thy son, for they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. Understand this, that the world has their standards. The world has their idea of what is right and wrong. But these rules and these standards and these regulations that we have are for our good. The Bible says they will preserve us alive. They will keep our children from following and serving other gods and following and serving uh, the world and the standards of the world. I'm just telling you today, the rules are there because they are for our good. I'm so glad that my parents raised us that, that when we get married that we would look for a, a, a lady that not only is saved and born again and on their way to heaven, but a, a lady that loves God and serves God and wants to be faithful to the Lord. I'm glad that those standards were instilled in my life because now being married for 27 years, I look back and I say, thank God that my parents put that into me and put those standards into my life. And now 27 years later, I am so thankful that I'm still uh, joyfully and wonderfully married to the greatest lady in the world, my wife. So he says, hey, I'm just telling you these rules are here because if you don't have these rules, if you don't have these standards, you're going to lose your children. You're going to lose your children to the world. I'm just telling you, these standards, these rules are for your good. So why the rules? Well, number one, uh, it's because God is our new master. He sets the rules. Number two, it's for our good. But then number three, notice in verse number six, he says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself of all people that are upon the face of the earth. He says, hey, listen, the third reason why there's rules is you need to understand you're different. You're different. You are a holy people. You're, you're not like everybody else. And so because you're not like everybody else, you've got a new rule book to follow. You've got a new set of standards to abide by. You're not like everybody else. You're not like the rest of the world. You're not like these other seven nations that, that are there. And so these rules are there because you are a holy people, and these rules will help you to become holy. The Bible says, be holy, for I am holy. And so God gives us the rules because he's the creator. God gives us the rules because uh, it is for our good. It is for our protection. It is for our benefit. But he also gives us these rules because it will help us to live holy lives. He tells the children of Israel, he says, you're a special people. Verse number seven, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he swore unto your fathers, uh, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the house of Pharaoh and Egypt. He says, you have been chosen because he loves you. You've been chosen because because he has redeemed you. You are a separate people. You are a holy people. And so therefore you should welcome these rules. You should welcome these standards. You should welcome these regulations because they will help you become more like Jesus Christ. Become more like Jesus Christ. Verse number nine, know therefore 
that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. Oh, what a statement. Read that again. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God says, I want you to know if you'll be faithful to me and keep my commandments and follow my commandments and and follow the established rules that I have set down, he said, there's one thing that I will guarantee you is that I will always 100% be faithful to you. Verse number 10, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to them that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Listen to me. You, 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 you understand this as you've raised children, or maybe you remember back when your parents were raising you, when there was not a good fellowship between mom and dad and the children, there were not blessings involved. I was never rewarded for disobedience. I was never blessed because of rebellion. But God says, if you'll keep my commandments, hey, these rules that I've set down, if you'll follow them, I'm telling you, blessings will follow, and I will always be faithful to you. And so he concludes this whole thing from when he started back in chapter 6. He concludes it in verse number 11. Thou shalt therefore, this is the reason, this is the reason, thou shalt therefore Keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. To do them. Just do right. Follow the rules that God lays down in the Scripture. Yes, we look at the book, and we, I look at this Bible in front of me, 66 books, and you read through it and you think to yourself, my goodness, how can I follow all of this, and how can I obey all of this? And, and yes, I, know, I understand that it's difficult, and I understand there are times that you can be discouraged about it. But let me tell you something, with the help of the Holy Spirit of God living within you and with the grace of God that is bestowed upon you, we can do what is right. And instead of running away from the standards and the rules and the regulations that God has set up in his word, let's accept them and understand that our creator has given us these rules because as creator, he knows what is best and he knows that these rules are there for our good and he understands that he he wants us to be like him. And so he says, hey, if you'll follow these rules, if you follow these commandments, I will uh, make you holy and I will make you so that you are conformed to my image. And the most important thing of all is, he says, if you'll follow my commandments, he says, blessings will be there and I will be a faithful God to you. I'll be a faithful God to you. Uh, You know what? I, I I have flesh just like anybody else. And uh, sometimes I buck at rules. And uh, people in authority say, you got to do it this way, you got to do it that way. And within me, there is that desire to rebel against rules. That's, that's the way our nature is. We rebel against authority. But I'm telling you what, God set down some standards. God set down rules. God set down guidelines for us to live by. Not so that we can never have any fun, but so that we're protected. It's for our good, 
so that we can become holy like the Lord Jesus Christ and so we can experience the blessings that God desires, yea, and wants to give to us because of our obedience, because of our obedience. Well, I hope that was a help and a blessing to you. And uh, maybe next time your children or maybe someone in your church or your ministry or whatever you might be doing, uh, they may come to you and say, why, why do we have all these rules? Why are all these rules here? I believe we can go there to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and Deuteronomy chapter 6 explains to us very, very simply and very plainly why it is that we have the rules. Don't fight the rules. Don't do away with the rules. Live by the standards of the Word of God, and I promise you that you, your family, your ministry, you will be blessed by a faithful God. Well, thank you so much for tuning in once again to our uh, Always Abounding podcast, and uh, I sure enjoy doing these, and I enjoy sharing with you what God's doing here, uh, giving you a brief report of what's going on here in Uganda, and as well, just an opportunity to encourage you uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, don't ever forget that. Uh, the Bible says, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Well, if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to uh, subscribe to our podcast, uh, our podcast or, or uh, wherever you can find a podcast where you can su subscribe or download. I would encourage you to do that. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day. And don't forget, always abound in the work of the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.